Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come here this morning and call you Father and know that we hear your voice through the scriptures that are contained before us. Lord, we pray that you may give us ears to hear what you have to say this morning. As we hear this very familiar story of Jesus' birth and what happened immediately after it, Lord, we do pray that we may not uh, simply uh, disregard it as something we already know, but Lord, we pray that we may recognise that this is your voice, the God who made everything, and we pray that we may learn from your word this morning and be changed and transformed to be the people that you would have us be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it doesn't take long once you've come into the world to receive warnings about different things. This world is not somewhere that is particularly safe in many ways. We, of course, have a lot of safety here in Australia, but there are still many dangers as soon as you come into this world. And, of course, the first warnings that we generally receive are those from our parents. And I remember getting many different warnings from my parents about things that I shouldn't do if I wanted to survive, if I wanted to avoid pain. And one of those was, Joel, do not play with knives. And I remember, of course, hearing that warning and then disobeying that warning, getting a kitchen knife, going out into the backyard and hacking away at a piece of stick, trying to make it into some sort of spear. And of course, I ended up slicing into my finger. Blood went everywhere and of course there was shame came upon me. I could not show my parents because I'd been specifically warned not to play with knives. So I ducked into the house, ran it under the tap for a while and uh, eventually my mum wondered where I was because dinner was ready and I wasn't coming for dinner and I usually came for dinner quite promptly. I like to eat. And she found me in the bathroom running blood down the drain and I passed out from the loss of the blood. And I've only passed out three times in my life, and that was the very first time that I passed out. Because I hadn't heeded the warning from my mother. My mother had warned me that it was dangerous to play with knives, Joel. But I disregarded the warning and committed sin against my mother and ended up paying the consequences. Thankfully, I'm still around. I didn't chop the whole of my finger off and lose so much blood that I died. But it is very dangerous to play with knives, and we're supposed to heed the warnings that we receive from those around us. And just as parents give us warnings, so our Heavenly Father also gives his children warnings as well. He knows that this world is dangerous. He knows what is dangerous for us to do. And he doesn't let us go and play with things that we shouldn't and then get hurt. No, he wants to warn us so that we will avoid those things that can hurt us and hurt us quite badly. And this morning we're going to see uh, one of those warnings that he gives. He gives many in his word, but we're going to look at one in particular that he gives to his children in, Luke's, uh, in Matthew's Gospel. We've been looking at Matthew's Gospel over the last couple of weeks, and of course last year at Christmas time uh, we started in Matthew chapter 2 as well. And we've come to verse 12, 13 and 14 today. And so if you've got a black church Bible there, I encourage you to have it open to page 956 or your own Bible, open to Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verse 12, 13, and 14, and looking at the warnings of God here. 
the divine revelation that God gives to warn his children. Because with all the joy that is around Jesus' birth, many people getting happy about it, shepherds rejoicing, angels rejoicing, magi, wise men coming and bowing down to him, there is still danger around Jesus' birth. And that's why God warns his children to keep them from this danger. And so my first main point this morning is that divine revelation saves the life of God's Son. If you want to follow along, I've got my main points on the back of the church bulletin, which you should have received when you came in through the door. On the back there, you see my first main point is divine revelation saves the life of God's Son. Divine revelation, of course, is God revealing something to mankind. And here he reveals two, two, twice, two different times, through dreams to his people so that lives can be saved, and particularly the life of his son Jesus. And we see the first divine revelation, the first dream, in verse 12. And it's to the wise men, to these magi that we've been looking at in the last couple of weeks. And we see the warning in verse 12. Verse 12 of Matthew chapter 2. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they, that's the wise men, returned to their country by another route. Here we see these wise men being warned not to go back to Herod. A divine revelation has come that will save the life of Jesus Christ. And that is, don't go back to Herod. Now why do these wise men not, shouldn't go back to Herod? Why shouldn't they go? Well, because Herod is a nasty piece of work. He's an evil king. He likes being king, and he does not like the idea of anyone taking the kingship from him. He actually killed many people who uh, opposed him and would have taken over his throne, so he even killed his own sons, which made the Emperor Augustus at the time say, it is better to be Herod's pig than one of his sons because you have a higher likelihood of living, because he's meant to be a Jewish leader. Jews don't eat pigs, and so it's probably better to be Herod's pig than his son, because he'd killed so many of his sons because he was afraid they would take the throne from him. And he has heard from these wise men that a king was born in Bethlehem, and he's heard from the prophets that the king was born in Bethlehem. And so he has deceitfully said to the wise men, I will come and worship him too. Come back to me. Tell me where he is and who he is, and I will worship him. But God intervenes and says, don't go back to Herod. He is simply trying to take the life of Jesus Christ. And so by this revelation here, Jesus' life is saved. How does that happen? Well, by the wise men not going back to King Herod, it buys Jesus some time to escape. If they'd gone back to Herod straight away, he would have known exactly where Jesus was, who Jesus was, and be able to kill him much more quickly. Whereas later on we will see, uh, probably next year, as we continue to look at this passage over Christmas time, we will see what he does to try and catch Jesus. He kills all the infant boys under the age of two in Bethlehem. He is really out for Jesus' blood. But by the Magi, the wise men, not going back to him immediately, Jesus' life is saved. But God also reveals a warning to someone else as well. 
and that's in verse 13. When they had gone, that's referring to the Magi, giving some time, of course, for Jesus to escape, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Here's a second dream, a second divine revelation, a second warning being given that will save the life of Jesus. And this isn't to the wise men, this is to Joseph. God tells Joseph to flee from Bethlehem. Why? Well, it's the same uh, reason why he told the Magi not to go back, and it's there at uh, uh, the last sentence of verse 13. Uh, no, second last sentence. Get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. And then verse 14, uh, oh, last sentence of verse 13. For Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. It's there in black and white. God tells him, Herod is out for the child's life. Flee. And he tells him where to flee. Where's he meant to go? He's meant to go to Egypt. Why Egypt? Why go down to Egypt? Why not just go to another town in uh, Judah? Why not go to another part of Israel? Well, because Egypt is a safe place to go. It's often been a safe place for God's people. We read from Genesis and we saw there Jacob in a time of famine going down to Egypt because he needs to feed his family. And Egypt was a safe place particularly because Jacob's son, Joseph, was in charge and particularly in charge of all the grain in Egypt, and so it was a safe place for them to flee to. And also Israelites uh, flee there when the Babylonian army comes uh, later on, much later on from uh, Jacob. The Babylonian army comes to attack Jerusalem, and the people flee to Egypt as a safe place because Egypt is outside the jurisdiction of Israel, and that means it's outside the jurisdiction of of King Herod. King Herod cannot touch Jesus when he's in Egypt. And also because so many Israelites had uh, fled there in the past, there were of course Jews there in Egypt, friends for Joseph and his family to go to there in Egypt. So Egypt's a lovely place for Joseph to take his family to. It'll be a safe place for him to go toward. And does Joseph obey this warning? Or is he like me when my parents say, don't play with knives, and I go and cut my finger? No, he obeys immediately. He does it straight away. The Greek grammar here uh, for when he, uh, verse 14, so he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt. It's immediate that he's doing this. He doesn't waste any time, which is what we should do when we hear warnings. We shouldn't waste any time. We shouldn't test out whether the warning is true or not and just see whether there's any uh, sense to that warning about electricity being on that fence. No, we should avoid that fence. And so Joseph acts immediately. So much so that he does one of those things that I hate doing and in circumstances that I'd really hate to do it. And what is that? To move. I hate moving house. It is one of the biggest pains of life, I think, is getting all your possessions together and relocating to another place. And, but Joseph knows the danger. He hears this warning from God and he does it straight away and he does it under circumstances that I've never moved house. He does it immediately. 
Imagine that being told, tonight move. You'd have to leave stuff behind. You wouldn't be able to do it. And he does it at night. It wasn't like he was told during the day. Okay, leave today. He moves at night. That's even worse. Imagine packing all your stuff in the night and it's not like they've got electricity where they can put on lights in every room and shine everything up so that they can see everything that they're packing and they're supposed to be leaving discreetly so people don't know they're escaping. These are terrible circumstances to move under. But Joseph knows it's danger that's coming and so he does it despite the consequences, despite the difficulties of moving He knows he needs to save that little boy's life and his own life and the life of um, the little boy's mother as well. So we see here that divine revelation from God, warnings from God, save the life of Jesus and potentially save the life of Joseph and Mary as well. If Herod had found them, he probably would have killed them as well. He wasn't afraid to kill people uh, for the slightest thing. As I said, he killed his sons, and even probably the life of these magi. He might have gone hostile toward them. The lives of God's children are saved through these divine revelations, these divine warnings. So how is this helpful for us this Christmas Day? How is it helpful for us to see these divine revelations from God, these warnings from God, see people obey the warnings, and then save their lives? How is that helpful for us? Well, this still stands true today. Divine revelation, warnings from God, still save the lives of God's children. That's my second main point this morning. Divine revelation still saves the life of God's children. Does God still speak in dreams like these, though, to warn you? Well, it is possible that God can speak in dreams. He has done so in the past. He can do so today. He is God. He is sovereign. And people do have stories about seeing uh, visions from God, even today. But we should be careful about requiring that God is going to warn us in a dream if we're to heed a warning. Because God tells us clearly all we need to know in this book, in the Bible. He gives us all the warning we need to escape from danger that is coming. And so although God could warn us with an angel in a dream as he did to the wise men and he did to Joseph, the Bible is sufficient. It is the word of God. And in it, it contains many warnings to us about how we should live if we're to avoid danger. And there's one particular danger that God warns us clearly about in the scriptures. And that is the danger of the consequences of our sin. He warns us again and again that if we sin against him, if we reject him, if we do not obey his commands, then there is a terrible danger coming. There is an evil king, an evil prince of this world, who is eager to take your life, and that is Satan. In the time of Joseph, there was an evil king there, Herod, wanting to take the life of Jesus. Today there is an evil king here as well, Satan. And he's already got your life once. The reason you die is because of Satan's triumph with your first parents, Adam and Eve in the garden. 
He's already achieved a victory once. You should be living forever. But instead, you're going to die one day. But that's not good enough for Satan. He also wants you to experience a second death, a death of eternal punishment in hell for your sin. And he's eager for that to happen. But God warns us. He tells us about the danger that is coming for our sin. And he tells us how to escape that danger. Just like he told Joseph here, go to Egypt, that's a safe place. Lots of people are telling you around how to try and escape sin, how to overcome the evil that's in your life. But God tells you where to go. He tells us in the scriptures the place to go is to Jesus Christ and to particularly his cross, to his death on the cross. Because at the death of Jesus, he didn't just die an ordinary death. He died the death that you deserve to die for your sin. As he hung on the cross, a great transfer took place. His righteousness, his righteous life is transferred over to you and his, and your sin is transferred over to his shoulders and he dies the death you deserve. He experiences hell on the cross for you. That means he is a safe place to flee to. How do you flee to him? Well, you repent of your sin, you acknowledge you're a sinner and you believe that Jesus died for you. If you do that... You are safe. You are in Egypt. You are safe in God's arms. Why? Because it means Satan has no jurisdiction over you any longer. Just as Herod had no jurisdiction over Egypt, he has no law that he can bring in Egypt to get Jesus, so Satan cannot get at you and eternally see you punished. Why? Because the punishment has been paid. You can't pay for something that has already been paid for. You aren't supposed to pay for anything twice. That's not justice. And so if you've fled to the cross, then your sins are covered. The punishment is removed. So I encourage you this morning, if you have not fled to the cross, if you have not heeded God's warning... That punishment is coming. That danger comes from sinning. Then I encourage you to do it now. Repent and believe that Jesus died for you. Now that is difficult to do. Just like it was difficult for Joseph to move in the middle of the night and move immediately. But that's what you're called to do. You're supposed to act immediately when you hear a warning. And you're supposed to act no matter what the cost is because you fear the danger greater than not experiencing whatever it is that brings the danger. Act immediately. It is costly to become a Christian. It means you have to leave everything behind. It means you cannot come to God with your good works and say, I want Jesus' sacrifice, but I also think that I'm a good person and so I should get into heaven. No, you have to leave those behind. It means you have to leave your sins behind, no matter how much you enjoy them. You realise that they are danger, just like enjoying playing with knives is danger. You leave playing with knives out of your life. 
because you recognise the danger. So it is with sin. You need, if you become a Christian, to leave sin behind and recognise that it is danger. It brings a terrible danger, a danger of eternal torment in hell for your sin. So I encourage you now, if you've never repented and believed in Jesus Christ, do it today. Do it immediately. Because you don't know how much longer you have to live. You could die today. It's a horrible thought. But already we're seeing in the newspaper the road tolls on public holidays. You don't know what's going to happen. Joseph didn't know when Herod would find him, but he acted immediately. And you need to do as well. When you hear the warning of God about the horrors of hell, listen to those warnings. Because remember, God is not warning you because he has some sick satisfaction in talking about horrors. He's warning you because of his kindness. Just like my parents warned me about playing with knives and they should have really told me, if you cut yourself, you can lose a lot of blood, you can die even. Would that have been a horrible thing for them to describe? Me dying? Yes, it's not nice to think about your death. But they would do it out of a love for me, and so does God. He warns you about the horrors of hell, not because he's getting some sort of sick satisfaction, but because he really cares for you and doesn't want you to go there. So I encourage you this morning, heed God's warning. Don't listen to the prince of this world. If you're sitting there this morning and thinking, there's no such thing as hell, then the prince of this world, the king, the evil king, has you in his grasp. If you're sitting there this morning and thinking, there's other ways to escape hell. Jesus isn't the only way. I don't need to go to the cross. Then the prince of this world, the evil king, he is winning. I encourage you this morning, heed God's warning. Listen to what he says. Repent and believe so that you will not suffer for your sin. Because when you die and you haven't repented and believed, well, then you only have yourself to blame. Just like when I slice my finger open with a knife, can I blame my parents? No, they warned me. Maybe they should have put knives a little bit more out of my reach. But I can't blame them. They warned me not to do so. And you can't blame God when you're suffering in hell. He warned you. He warns you right now and he tells you how to escape it. Will you listen? Will you act immediately and leave everything because you recognise what a horror it is and how much you need to act today? Let us speak with our God now. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God who speaks and you speak kindly to your children. And we see the kindness of your speech by the warnings that you give. You warned the Magi and you warned Joseph so that lives would be saved. The lives of your children would be saved. And you do so today. In the pages of the scriptures, we hear your warnings so that your children will be saved from eternal punishment in hell for their sins. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who speaks and that you are a God who warns, that you do not let us go 
straight to hell, not hearing the warning signs. But Lord, we do recognise that it is hard for us to obey. We love to think that we are good enough. We love to listen to the lies of the prince of this world, that there is no hell, there is no God, there is no way of salvation through Jesus. We have such hard hearts. We love to reject your warning and your way of salvation. Lord, we pray that you may soften our hearts so that we leave our pride on the floor, we leave our sins behind and flee to the cross of Jesus Christ in repentance and faith. Lord, we pray for anyone here this morning who has never repented of their sins, who has never believed that Jesus Christ died for them. We pray that you may open their eyes to the great big warning sign on their lives and we pray that they may act immediately and leave everything to follow Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.